With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Wolves Weekly. With Mikey Burrows. Featuring the biggest names from past and present. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows. Welcome to another episode of Wolves Weekly. This week, I'm joined by the former Wolves players Stephen Ward and Claire Hakeman. We'll look back on the win over Chelsea, including some appreciation for Jao Gomez. We'll find out what it's like to go on tour with Wolves Academy. Plus, will Julian Lopetegui make changes for Brentford? And could Wardy and Claire score the same goal Mateus Nunes did? All that plus some reflections on and some impressive results for the under-21s over the Easter weekend, including a hat-trick for Owen Farmer. But first, here's Stephen Ward on his thoughts on the win over Chelsea. I think first and foremost, result huge, absolutely huge. Listen, I know you can only concentrate on yourselves, but I think over the last couple of weeks, you can see teams in and around that relegation battle picking up points. And I think for Wolves, it was... Yeah, vitally important to get the result. I think it's it's a bonus one in terms of, you know, not many would have expected Wolves to go and, and win the game, um, especially sort of with the new bounce of Frank Lampard coming in. But I thought, yeah, great result. But performance-wise, I thought was was really really good, really positive. Um, you know, I thought there was a real intent and in, and in, in the way they played. I thought there was a, a game plan. You could see the game plan right from the off. I think. Obviously, I've seen you there and I spoke to you a little bit about the game and just sticking to a game plan, really, and, and finding a way that you knew was going to upset the opposition. And, and I thought it worked really well. And I think, on the whole, I think the manager, yes, even as a manager, you, you want results. That's, that's really important. But I think he, he got both on, on Saturday and I thought it was, yeah. uh, it was more, more, no more than they deserved over the 90 minutes. And it... It felt, Claire, like we needed a performance, like the fans needed a performance, not just a result. And the result is all that matters at, at this stage. All the all UX players will say that. But from a fan's perspective, it kind of needed to see 
something different than what we'd seen the last couple of weeks. And it felt like we did. Yeah, definitely. I think we've spoken about winning ugly and the most important thing is, you know, getting points on the board. But I think the performance ultimately, given the squad that we've got, um, and obviously the squad has rotated quite a lot. We've seen lots of different starting 11s, but to see the performance as well was fantastic. And I think, you know, key for me was the fact that we, we won without Ruben Neves, which is, I think that was a little bit of a talking point prior to the game, that the impact that he's had this season, how we would get on without him and to see the way that Gomez and Lamina handled handled the midfield and and the fact that we had another clean sheet was key for me as well. I think, it's, you know, it was Spurs, Spurs at home for the win was the last time we got a clean sheet and performances haven't been fantastic kind of since that game and we managed to scrape a point really at Nottingham Forest last week so I think to get a performance and the three points on on Saturday was was key for me. Well this is the interesting point for both of you because I talked at length about this with um, Tomo and Lee Naylor on Saturday that no one denies that Ruben Neves is a sensational footballer and has been sensational for Wolves in his career. The fact that he wasn't there did that contribute to a better balanced midfield. And I, I say, this is not a criticism of Ruben Neves in any way, shape or form, but allowing a different type of midfielder to go with Lamina or in whichever way you want to describe it, the performance of Xiao Gomez gave them something completely different and was incredibly effective. And, and it worked, right? And therefore, not having Neves for whatever reason... And I say, maybe down the line, there will be a debate of Neves or Lamina rather than Neves and Lamina and everybody else moving out. Well, yeah, it's, it's sorry. difficult one. I'll let you, I'll let you take that one. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, um, I think we've got to build with and without Ruben Neves, haven't we? We know he's been key this season and he's been the mainstay, but now we've got a different combinations of midfielders. We saw Bubakar Traore got minutes last night for the under-21, so we've got another angle to come at as well. So in terms of strength in depth now that we've got in our midfield, he's, we've got lots of options and I think that's key. We spoke a lot about uh, Mateus Nunes not having the impact we hoped he would have, but obviously with the goal that he put in, it was kind of really interesting the fact that he stepped up and scored obviously a worldie um, on Saturday on the day that Ruben Neves wasn't in the side. So maybe, you know, it's a little bit of a statement moving forward and we'll see what happens. Obviously, he's out for Brentford as well. So we'll see. Hopefully, back-to-back displays will be important. Yeah. Uh, and then what will be interesting if we win again against Brentford, it'd be interesting to see what the midfield is in the next game. Because it's just that thing, Woody, of having two players like Neves and Lamina who are very comfortable at dropping in between the two centre-halves, doing the similar type role. I guess the point everyone's making is that Jao Gomez is completely different. And and did that having that completely different player contribute to a better balance? Well, yeah, I spoke actually about it at the game. I thought Joe Gomez was, was exactly what they needed on the day. I think his energy, his aggression, he's, he's robust. He's, he just looks resilient, doesn't he, when he's going in and he's pressing, winning the ball back, protecting his back four. But I think the one the one thing I'd say it's very difficult because obviously when the result goes well you can you can point to so many different teams and is it a different team without Neves what you know he drops in deep but I think Neves is that good you could play him higher in an eight and you could leave Joe Gomez and he's still a goal threat and he's still he's still going to create from higher up the pitch for you I think the big difference for me on on Saturday watching the game and I've been to, to quite a few this season is we tend to know that Wolves struggle when teams come in and sit in a low block and you know, we have to be patient and, and and sometimes you have to score that perfect goal nearly to score. And I, and I think on Saturday, they went away from that a little bit. They, you know, it, it suited them with, with Chelsea pressing high and 
they actually went a bit longer into two physical front men. And I thought it just got us up the pitch, got Wolves up the pitch. And I thought then we were allowed to play sort of in Chelsea's half once they were able to retain possession. And I just thought it gave the team a real good base to play off. And, you know, rather than, you know, slowly playing out from the back, there was times Kilman was getting out of his feet and just clipping one in behind. Chelsea obviously played with it with a, a bit of a high back line. And, you know, looking at it from my point of view, it just shows, I think, for me, the quality of the manager. You know, he's, he's he will change the way you know, Wolves play against certain opposition. I thought he did that brilliantly on, on Saturday. Yeah, you have to give him credit. Uh, I know fans have been critical of team selections in recent weeks, but uh, for the first time since Fulham away, he didn't have to make a half-time substitution. <laughs> it was working. It helps when, obviously, a player smacks one in in the style that Mateus Nunez did. But uh, I actually want to talk to you about the formation to both of you because... Um, Lee Naylor was adamant, and Wardy will know this, that he, he gets a, a bee in his bonnet about certain things. He's adamant it was 4-4-2 rather than 4-2-3-1 and much more old school than we've seen from Wolves before. Um, does it make a difference in any sense? Whether it's, I mean, it's the same roughly positions on the field, isn't uh, it? I, I, yeah, I think for me, so many formations nowadays are so fluid. And I think people go on about 4-4-2, 4-3-3. And yes, on paper they can be, but... I think there's times when they were a four-two-three. When there was times when Paden sort of was playing, was playing wider, and Nunez was playing more of a narrow midfielder to give that protection on turnover when they lost the ball. And yeah, listen, at, at times Cunha had the freedom to go anywhere and play off Costa. So yeah, I think it, it looked more of a four-four-two for me. Um, but it's so fluid; it changes throughout a game, in possession, out of possession. And I think, you know, you look at, at, at Nunez. He, I thought he done an outstanding job on the right, tucking inside. But then also pressing from from out to in to to stop the threat of the fullbacks, especially when Chilwell come on. So, um, yeah, listen, it's it, it, you would say for me, it looked like the main thing was getting physicality up the pitch and and putting Chelsea centre backs under pressure, whether it was Costa or Cunha coming in from a wider position. Either way, the two of them most of the time ended up centrally as as a front two, and you know Wolves beat their press a lot of the time by by playing over it. You know they. You know, they didn't always win the first ball. And I think that was important to see. You know, there was times Costa would just chase one down and he ends up winning corners. And that gives the team momentum. And I think for me, the crowd reacted to that. You know, the crowd liked to see that, that work rate, that willingness to, to look like they're going to try and score at every occasion. And, and I thought that was just a real difference. Yes, you can talk about 4-4-2. And to me, I'd agree with, with, with Lee. It looked like a 4-4-2 to me. But just fluid in terms of Nunez would be inside, Pedence would come off the line, sometimes stay wider, let the full you know, they let the fullbacks go go on the outside of them sometimes and then, you know, Cunha sometimes playing off Costa or, or vice versa. So it was fluid, but I think for me it was about having two physical men up the pitch, you know, making it into a sort of a two v two battle with Fafana and Koulibaly. And like I said, they didn't always have to win the first ball, but it put them under pressure. They weren't you know, gaining possession back easily. And, and even when they were winning the first time, as Wolves were able to get up the pitch, play from um, Chelsea's half. And yeah, listen, I think when the goal came, albeit it was an absolute stunning goal, I think it was more than they deserved at the time in the game. Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree there with Wardy. I think um, I think the for players and the nature of the players that we've got, we, it kind of allows us to be very flexible because we've got so many players that can play. You know, the nine role can play uh, in the front three uh, on either side, and you know, you think about what we had on the bench as well with Neto. We've seen Traore play at full, you know, wing back at points. So we've got a lot of flexibility in our side, and I think the fact that we 
we can do that is it makes it very difficult for the opposition to know what we're slotting into. So defining it as a, an actual formation, probably, you know, it, it was probably more so like 4-2, four, four but we can be flexible and, and play in a different way. And I think that's really important for us, the nature of the players. The amount of times people have spoken about the fact that we didn't sign a striker, but what we have is multiple players that can slot into that front three across, in, in any angle, in any position. Um, I think that probably makes us quite difficult to react to in the fact that you don't probably know what's quite coming at you and who's actually playing where any any week at the moment. You both started out as forwards and both ended up going backwards in your careers. Um, has is either as, of you... Is that, is, that, is that as players or as positions? <laughs> <laughs> both. <laughs> yeah. ha, have either of you uh, scored a goal as sweet as that Mateus Nunes hit? I'll take that probably, silence probably, as a no. Pro- probably not. A couple of decent ones, but not 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 that connection. I think it was just the power on that strike. It was just so direct, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was just just ridiculous moment in the game. Yeah. I, I had one, to be fair, Mikey, at Chelsea, which was pretty similar from the exact same angle. Um, and yeah, it was one of them. I knew it was in when I hit it, and I think it was the same on Saturday. You just get that nice sort of fade on the ball. Where it looks like it's starting outside the post and just comes come back around, but it's one of them. You could have, listen, you could have twenty of them shots come around, and, and to hit one as sweet as that, it's, it was just unbelievable. I think just the timing of it as well was was brilliant because um, when you're watching the game and Wolves are were putting Chelsea under pressure, and I think they had a, probably had five or six corners, free kicks into the box at this stage, and nothing had really fallen for them. And you're thinking when they're on top, you, you really need a goal. And then suddenly that 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 hits the back of the net and you think, right, it could, could be Wolves' day. And um, yeah, a, a goal worthy of winning a game, I think. So let's talk about the development age groups uh, before we move on to discussing some of uh, what's happened with Wolves women over the last couple of days. Uh, the under-21s had two matches over the Easter weekend, a one-all draw at Spurs. Uh, Spurs, the team directly below them in Premier League 2 Division 1. They went 1-0 down in the game. Ty Barnett got the equaliser. And then they absolutely thrashed Everton 5-0 on Easter Monday, a side who had beaten them comfortably 3-0 only 11 days earlier. There was a hat-trick in there, Claire, for Owen Farmer, who is a name that might not be known to to too many people. um, Because it's a strange one, really, because he was he was an absolute staple of the under-18s, and yet the under-18 side that had that run all the way to the FA Youth Cup semi-final, he wasn't really a standout player and didn't feature a huge amount because it was all about Tyler Roberts and Nathan Fraser in the forward areas. And so he's he's kept on having to be patient and be the next guy to get his chance in the 21s after those two. He's now had a run of games. I thought he was brilliant at Spurs. And then a hat trick and winning a penalty against Everton. Yeah, incredible, isn't it, from him? I think he was excellent last night as well um, in the game. Two goals were very much a striker goal, you know, fox in the box kind of getting there quickly, make getting to the ball and 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 a decent finish for both. Um, and then one kind of he opened up his body really well, slotted it in, just a you know another great finish for his third, and then winning the penalty as well. I mean, I think you know for him he couldn't probably ask for any more. He's still a young lad. Um, a lot of potential. He's not big in stature like Nathan Fraser has, obviously the you know the stature, the you know this this in terms of his size. But um, 
Owen Farmer's not, you know, he's a, he's a little bit smaller in stature, but, he, you know, he, he works so hard. I think his work ethic is, is fantastic. And both against Spurs and last night against Everton, I think he really stepped up and, and gave a great performance. Yeah, it, work rate and ethic is the is the key points to it. I say his his performance at Spurs in the way he pressed and worked for the team was really standout. Um, he's always been a player that I've looked at because he comes from my neck of the woods in Solihull, um, so he's still technically local. Um, but yeah, a really kind of uh, it, I said on commentary, you don't want to call it like a coming of age type performance or a, an introductory performance because it's a bit disrespectful for a guy who's been around a little while and has worked really hard to get there but um he you know he doubled his tally for the season in one night in in less than 40 minutes and it was really his night um nothing to take away from Josh Essen getting a goal uh Bubakar Traore and Joe Hodge had a run out in the game as well um and it's given Wolves a bit of a cushion in terms of the relegation fight in Premier League 2 Division 1 so a successful weekend uh, for James Collins's team. The under-18s uh, didn't have a game, but the under-17s, I think it is, have been uh, involved in some matches. And actually, a lot of the age groups have, Claire, in terms of this is the time of year when they travel abroad, test themselves <laughs> against other age groups, and you were off with the under-12s. Yeah, I've just come back from Porto with the the under-12 stroke under-11s group. It's quite interesting, actually, in Europe because a lot of our um, sides are out on tour at the moment, but they take it as year of birth in Europe. So it's not, it's across two age groups. So we actually took a, a number of lads from the under 11s and a number from the under 12s uh, who were all born in 2011 to to compete in Porto. And obviously we came up against some of the big Portuguese sides. So Benfica, Sporting, um, Porto, obviously, Braga. Um, and we lost out, unfortunately, in the semifinals to Porto. So we lost 3-1 in the, in the semifinal um, I think by this point on day three, I think the boys had taken a, a big hit in terms of the heat because it was extremely hot out there, which probably suited uh, suited the other sides more than it suited us. We had a, a great win against Deportivo La Coruña in the quarterfinals. So there was loads of positives to take for them and great experience for them as well. And, you know, we've got other age groups out as well at, at present. So it's, it's, you know, it's all about building those experiences and also tournament football is just so different and managing themselves, the minutes, the heat, um, you know, games come thick and fast as well. So uh, it was really good, really positive. So um, I think they'll be definitely looking to try and go to their next tournament. I believe they're out in Dublin maybe in a, a few weeks or so. So um, they'll go again there, I'm sure. What is it like uh, for the young players to to have that experience to be away? Because look, like, you know, a lot of parents will be listening to this thinking like, you know, it's an awful lot. that Kids go on school trips and stuff, but it's a lot to be going away and in that kind of environment. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I think I went into full on mom mode because, you know, like I've got a 12 year old <laughs> myself. So I was literally just, oh, but, you know, like thinking of the empathy. But the boys were absolutely fine. They smashed it. They were a really lovely group of lads. Um, great, great together. Quite nice level of like chat between them as well really really good socially so um they literally everywhere you go in portugal you probably know is they they love seeing the wolves badge so they've got a lot of chat about that and the people at the hotel you know wanted a picture with you know the the boys and and the wolves staff and the restaurant that we went to they wanted a picture with everybody because it was a big deal to have you know you forget i think sometimes how much that that just that badge means when you you're in, in different countries so it was really good experience for them and um 
uh, three you know three nights away from home for for them good good experience for them to manage themselves and you know be a little bit independent but also concentrate on the football as well it's a you know it's a lot for a young lad to take on but um yeah they did did really well and given credit on and off the pitch as well which was which was key who knows if we are still here in what six or seven years time uh claire will be uh, likely or does <laughs> um then we may be talking about them on wolves weekly uh making their breakthroughs um wolves women uh another victory uh, a bit closer than maybe they would have hoped for against a, a liverpool feds team who actually uh took points off them at the start of the season so kind of important to to set that record straight and and just keep the pressure going on forest at the top of the table yeah, definitely. I think it was a tough game against Liverpool Feds. It was that you know they were very physical, um, and I think that made it very difficult for us as well as the game went on. We were, we were comfortable. We had plenty of chances to to give ourselves a little bigger gap, a bit of a gap, but it didn't quite come to fruition. So um, it was goals from Anamorphic, bit of a goal mouth scramble on that one. I think she managed to get the last touch. You couldn't actually see from where we were. I'm sure the replays will show that. Um, you couldn't quite see, but uh, and on a full home debut, uh, Naomi Bedu, who was just coming from Stoke City, uh, she scored the what became the winner. So um, that was fantastic. It was a bit tight at the end, holding on, but I think it was just important they saw it out for the three points. And you know, um, it's it's tough. It's going to be a you know a tough running. I think all his Wolves can do is is keep winning their games and keep the pressure up on on Forest. We've got games in hand on both Forest and Burnley. We're in third position, but goal difference for us, even if we win all our games and Forest win all their games, it's going to be you know to lose on goal difference would be pretty mm. pretty grim when you think of it, like just the drop points over the season. But you know it is what it is and. You know, Forest. Fair play to them; they've really pushed on. But you know, when you've beaten a, a side twice in the season and they could potentially win the title, I think you know it'd be a little bit of frustration. But it's you know, it's it's football, isn't it? It's what it's what happens. And at the end of the day, you've you've got to do the job across the whole season, and and everything evens itself out. Yeah. By the time people will listen to this, uh, the Wolves win will have played again at Balmere St Michael's. Uh, then comes Derby. And Sunday as the final home game, actually, of the campaign. And uh, worth kind of mentioning, um, again, because uh, Natalie Whittle was a bit emotional last week talking about the crowd at Molyneux <laughs> um, for the game the other week against Huddersfield. And just where this Wolves women team have, have moved to in such a short space of time is remarkable to see, really. And if anyone does get the chance to to go and watch them play, whether it's at the New Books Head or at Molyneux, it is well worth doing because it is an occasion in its own right. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think just the experience that has been built, I think the Molyneux game was just incredible. 3,800 and whatever it was, was just a superb crowd. And we were so pleased with that. A lot of work went into trying to get as, as many as we could possibly in and, uh, we had 1,700 in for uh, the West Ham FA Cup game earlier in the season at the New Book said that was our record there and that was incredible. We had 426, I think it was, on, on Sunday against Liverpool Feds. Um, but we, also what was most pleasing for me was so many new fans in that. You, there was some that had been to Molyneux and, and come out to... Telford and being on Easter Sunday, you never really know what kind of crowd you're gonna mm. you're gonna get being a bank holiday weekend and the weather had obviously been good. So um I think this weekend will will it'd be great to see a, a great send-off for the girls in terms of their last home game against Derby. It'll be a really competitive game, so it should be a decent watch. So we'll be doing everything we can to try and push 
to get as big a crowd as we can as possible. And I think those that came to the Molyneux game will have seen that engagement from the girls afterwards. And, you know, we're really keen to encourage that, that, that you know, if anybody wants a selfie or a, you know, signing autographs after the game, the girls are absolutely superb. They stayed for probably well over an hour after the final whistle um, in the game at Molyneux. And, and you know, they're, they're still really, they're still so pleased to do it it's not and it's, it's effortless you know there's no there's no drama they're really they're really keen and we, we are seeing people come back and want to come it's great for families um so it's really pleasing we also have a you know a big tie coming up to be confirmed on the venue and date but we have uh, the Birmingham County Cup final against Starbridge which is coming up really soon so I'm imagining that'll be start of May so that'll be another big game for the girls to be involved in it'd be great to to get a crowd in for that one as well, because that one's likely to be local. Walls Foundation is the club's official charity, delivering a range of projects across the local community. The foundation is only able to work across so many different areas, thanks to the generous support of funders and the general public. Can you help? Text Walls and then the value of your donation to 70085. Right, let's talk about Brentford. It is another huge game. And again, in the context of everything that's going on in in the relegation fight, Wolves have put themselves in a position from beating Chelsea um, where potentially slightly less pressure on the Brentford game to get a result, but knowing everything that's going on with everyone else playing each other, uh, a win, Claire, could really put Wolves into a position where they are nearly there. Yeah, I think back-to-back wins is is key. And I think off the back of a good performance, what we want to see is an, another good performance, but another three points. Um, I think it's difficult to say anything's must win, isn't it? We're still only four points off that relegation zone. If people go and get results around us and we don't get any points on the ball, we well, we, we're straight back in it. So, you know, it's too risky, I think, for me. It's a minimum of a point. I think they're the draw specialists in the league, aren't they? They've drawn more than anybody else in the in the whole entire league. We've already drawn one one with them this season. So you know, Ivan Tony's a, a a big threat to manage. But I think off the back of a clean sheet, the defence will come into the game with with confidence. And Toti Gomez coming in for me over the last couple of weeks has been really pleasing to see his performances grow. And um, I think there'll be that stability now with the with the back line and and go and get another clean sheet and hopefully get some goals on the board and, and go and get the winnies is really vital for us. Someone um, referenced on social media uh, Totti being the new Mo Kamara in terms of uh, flying down that left wing with uh, no abandon. I mean, they might have forgotten Stephen Ward's career down that left hand <laughs> side, um, but. Oh. But but may, maybe they're giving more credit to Wardy for his all-round game. I I just loved um, Totti's performance in terms of um, Lee Naylor made a point on Matchday Live Extra Wardy where he just he just did everything simply and he talks uh, Naylor talks about uh, Gordon Strachan said to him in his Celtic career of you know most you know the bad players win the well not the bad players but certain players win the ball give it to the good players and. Naylor says he was not in the good players, which is an honest appraisal for himself. But that's what it felt like Totti did. He got it. He pointed to somebody where he wanted them to go and he played the ball and he was like, that's my job. And he did it really well. Yeah, I think for me, what he did well, he'd done the basics well. And as a fullback, you do that well. You don't go too far wrong. And and what he gave was, was a physicality back there. I think, you know, I highlighted that, that right-hand side of the pitch for Chelsea 
early on in the game that, that it would be where Wolves would really have to stop that main threat with Reese James and Raheem Sterling. And I can't really re- remember Raheem Sterling having any impact on the game at all. I thought he got tight. I thought he was physical, um, defended well. And, and like I said, when he won the ball back, he just used it simply. I think, you know, his game probably was summed up by, I know it was in the first half and he won the ball back and he'd done that. He went on a powerful run and they just kept nipping at him. They couldn't take him down and he ended up, I think, it fell two or three times in it, but but made about 15, 15 yards of, of ground and then ended up getting a free kick in a dangerous area. But yeah, I thought he'd done really, really well. And, and like Neil said, I think he did it simple, but, you know, as a fullback, especially this stage of the season, you, you've got to prioritise your defensive side first because clean sheets and, and being difficult to beat are so vital at this stage of the season. And I think that's one of the reasons he's probably gone in there. He's, he's big, he gives that extra physicality and alongside Dawson and Kilman, they, you know, they're a big, big, they're part of a big back four now. And uh, yeah, I thought he was excellent. I thought Kilman was really impressive, actually. 100th appearance, captaining the team. Um, we all know he has this range of passing ability that is there. And if anything, he's not used it enough in the last probably 18 months, really. But because um, one of the things that Tomo is obsessed with is sometimes just playing it long, Claire, playing it over the top. And as Wardy mentioned earlier, when we were reviewing the the Chelsea game, it gives the forwards something to run onto. And when you've got a player who can play that, and as Wardy mentions, the extra physicality of Totti outside him, it, it gives Wolves a solid base. Yeah, I think it mixes it up, doesn't it? Mixing up the contribution is really key. And it's kind of like the way that Connor Cody used to play. We used to see those long-reaching passes to kind of hit the front three on, on the on the touchline. Um, but I, I think Kilman's a hell of a player and it's been great to see him kind of evolve this season because we saw a wobble. We haven't seen probably that from Max Kilman for a while at the start of the season. We saw that and, you know, a bit of a dip in performance along with the rest of the team. You know, we were struggling probably across the board, but since Dawson's come in, I think he's given him that security, that safety net, and I think his confidence has completely flooded back and we've seen the Kilman that we know, know knew was there. And um, I think it's just, you know, fantastic that on the day that he was captain, 100th appearance, that he sees us through for a clean sheet and, you know, he's a hell of a player. I think of a big character in the squad as well. I think he's he kind of goes about his business quite quietly, but you know, he's he's key um, to the rest of the boys. And I think that clean sheet is the most important bit for us to build on. I know Lopetegui has put a real emphasis on getting that clean sheet. You know, with the the fact that they get taken out to lunch or whatever off the back of a clean sheet. Yeah. So uh, yeah, hang on. People don't. People might not be aware of this. Like, <clears throat> uh, they, there is a a thing now. Where they have a, a effect, of, not a celebration. That sounds too much. But there is a dinner, right? And and everybody got involved in it the other week. I think you got invited to it. I didn't get invited to it. Wardy definitely didn't get invited to it. But this is a thing. I mean, did this happen in your day, Wardy? Was Mick McCarthy taking you out for a curry every time you kept a clean sheet? No, no, that was that was your job. That's what you had to do. But I wish I, I, I wish you, I wish you did because we. Uh, I don't know how many we would have had, but it would have been nice. But um, no, listen, I think I think it's it's part of it now, isn't it? It's all that togetherness, and uh, you know, you, you seen Chelsea, uh, Leicester doing it years ago, didn't you? When when Ranieri was buying the pizza for the year, I think they won the league, and um, yeah, listen, I, I think it's great. Regardless, it, it shows that togetherness, doesn't it? And and everyone fighting on on the sort of same hymn sheet. But I think a big one for me there, speaking about Kilman, I think he's, he's been brilliant. And I, and I actually think earlier in the season, when Wolves were struggling, I, I felt like 
himself and Collins together were, were actually sort of a few games I went through were sort of the linchpin trying to hold it together. It wasn't always going great for them, but it looked like they were building a real rapport and, and relationship. And I think, you know, two sort of young centre-halves is always going to be tough to, to rely on them all season. And I think the, the signing of Dawson has, has been so clever and just, just in terms of... Because for me, them two, with Totti Gomez, are sort of the future of that back four. Um, and I think to bring someone in as experienced as Dawson just to sort of guide them. And I think, you know, you can see his leadership skills and, and his experience even in the last few minutes on, on Saturday when he's he's making vital blocks and getting in the right area to clear the ball. So I think that can only benefit Kilman and Collins, you know, and the younger players going forward. And, you know, there is a bright future along that back line for Wolves, I feel. Um, would either of you make any changes for the Brentford game? We know that Jill Lopetegui, as Wardy mentioned earlier, will look at the opposition and there are different threats to what we faced in recent weeks. Um, would you be tempted? Uh, I think for me, it's, it, it, it'll, it's a difficult one because you have to take each team as, as, a, as a separate sort of entity. And, um, you know, Brentford, they, they can be semi-direct, but they do fill that midfield area. I think that they're very good at getting on, on second balls, playing off Tony and, uh, you know, having their, their wingers come inside the pitch uh, as well as getting around uh, down the outside. So it, it might be a case where he wants to pack up that midfield a bit more just to have sort of an extra body in there rather than being a bit flatter as, as a four. But like I said, it's so fluid. I think, you know, he, he, I'm sure he will look at the opposition and go with a game plan. But um, I think regardless of what team he plays, there's so many games coming thick and fast at the end of the season. I think sometimes there are going to be bodies in there naturally. You know, Costa hadn't played in, in, in quite some time in terms of that. You know, having, having minutes in his legs, that'll, that'll do him the world of good. But whether he can go again for another 60, 70 minutes, I'm sure that'll be something now with, with the sort of sports science team that they have there. Um, so for me, I reckon that there could be one or two changes, maybe in force rather than, than choice. But... Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, he's a very experienced manager. He'll look at how Brentford will play. He'll look at the way Wolves can get at them and, 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 and expose their weaknesses. And, and, yeah, I'm sure he'll pick the, the team that he feels best to go out and, and get a positive result. Yeah, I, I think similar. I mean, part of me would quite like to keep it the same, just to, to let them go again. We haven't seen, like, a, a start on 11 that's probably stayed the same since Lopetegui came in. But... Um, we've also got players that are coming back from injury that are going to need minutes somewhere along the line, and I know that's all obviously managed in the, you know, strength and conditioning and the back back staff back room analysts will be looking at minutes played and those that are ready to play and and what condition people are in. I probably agree with Wardy whether Costa can do it again, and you know he's coming for certain games as need to see where he can have an impact. And obviously Saturday was highlighted as one of those, but I think the next three games for me are are absolutely massive. I think of you know you got Brentford at home going into Leicester away and then Palace straight off the back of that at home. I think these three games could be the defining point of the season because our running is not straightforward and it's not easy. You know, when you go to Man United and Arsenal away in the in the final three games, it's it's got to be done and dusted way before that. We want to get these points on the board in the next three for me. And um, I think there'll be contributions all over from those coming on from the bench. You think of Traore, um, obviously going to come on and have impact. Huang came back in as well. Um, we've got Bueno waiting for minutes on the bench. So I, I expect to see some sort of rotation to kind of manage the games. And and, and like we've said, seeing what they offer and, and what we can do to, to stop them playing but go and get goals ourselves. 
Thanks for listening to the all-new Wolves Weekly from Wolves Radio. Don't forget to give us a follow at Wolves across social media. And all the very latest is at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.